Hello, I'm Dee Brown, CEO, and welcome to this episode of Self Made. My guest today is an author, poet, and entrepreneur. Please help me welcome C. Lynn Thomas to Self Made. C. Lynn, I'm glad to have you on the show. Nice to be here. Listen, so we want to jump right into the program. Okay. I want to start by going back in time and talking about your childhood. Tell me about your childhood, where you grew up, what, what it was like, so we could get an understanding of your journey. Okay. So my childhood was a journey. Um, my father actually worked for the federal government, so we moved several different places. Um, so I started off in Georgia, winded up in Michigan, Tennessee, and went to school in Florida. So uh, if I would say my childhood, I would mostly say what happened in Michigan uh -huh. and, and a little bit of Tennessee. Um, my parents came from a humble background, um, but one thing they always told me that I could do and be whatever I wanted to be in life. So in Michigan, um, third grade, I had met a friend, her name's Leslie, and everyone knew us in the neighborhood. We called ourselves L&L &L Incorporated. I would say <laughs> Lynn and Leslie, and she would say Leslie and Lynn, but we used to put on shows in the neighborhood so everyone knew us. So really from third grade, I have really been in business because we wow. were always about trying to make at least a dollar yeah. so we can get 10 packs of nine laters or either five packs of nine laters and a hot pickle or right, something. Right. <laughs> but we used to gather all the children in the neighborhood, put on events, put on shows. My father came to every Every event that we put on, we did little red, red Riding Hoods, little red Robin Hood. What is it? Little red Robin Hood. Robin. Right. Oh, is it? What's her name with the little red bonnet? <laughs> we know who you're talking right, about. Her. <laughs> her. So we used to put on Goldilocks. We used to put on all these different uh, shows, and they would show up. And I remember when I was 10 years old, I told my mom, I said, I like. You remember the show Dallas? Uh huh. Okay, so Jr. Yeah. He was the um, CEO. Right. Worked in this tall building, and I told my mom, I said, "Mom, I, I want to be like Jr." And she was like, "No, not the scandalous Jr." I was like, <laughs> "Well, I want to wear a suit, and I want to have a briefcase, and I want to walk work, um, work on the top floor, yeah. and be my boss." And for my tenth birthday, she brought me a suit. Excuse me, bought me a suit, brought me my briefcase, and I've been doing business. Wow. Since that Ever long. Since. Mm -hmm. And it's Little Red Riding Hood. Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah. That's it. We yeah. used to put on all those different shows. It's been shows. a few years since I saw that. So. <laughs> <laughs> so where did you go to high school? Tell me about high school. High school did was you, in... Did, did you participate in sports? What was high school Yes. Like? High school was um, in Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. I went to what we call Raleigh, Egypt. Okay. Yeah, right there Shout in Memphis. Raleigh, in Raleigh, yep. yeah. And I uh, actually um, ran track. Um, did the 440 relay, the 220, so I was a sprinter. Um, actually um, played soccer. Okay. The soccer coach saw how fast our uh, 440 relay team was and asked us to come and play soccer. We have no idea how to play soccer. <laughs> I was, I think, a right forward, yeah. and that's all he told me. He just told us to get the ball and to go. I had to cross it over to a line and get there. So high school was great. High school was great. That's interesting. I was a um, soccer soccer coach for my son's uh, youth soccer team. Okay. I never played soccer. I didn't know anything about soccer, but I played football. Okay. So all I did was just made up plays like, uh -huh. like football and we went, we won the championship. Wow. Yeah. I mean, no experience whatsoever. So. <laughs> well, we kind of put our um, soccer team on the map uh -huh. because of the speed that was there. Our, basically, our whole 440 relay team was there. Right. We didn't know what we was doing, but we would get that ball and that goal. Yeah. And that was it. So knowing the rules, right. didn't know the rules, but we did get on the map, put Raleigh Egypt on the map there in Memphis. So where did you go to college? 
Went to college at the Florida Agriculture Mechanical University <laughs> there in Tallahassee, Florida. Fam you. Mm-hmm. Majored in business, minored in accounting. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so when you uh, finished uh, FAMU, take me through your professional journey. Where did you start off working and to where you are now? Um, I started off with Merrill Lynch. Um, worked there in Jacksonville, Florida as a loan officer. Um, did that for 20, probably about 19 years. And then I moved on to becoming an operations manager doing post-closing. So I did mortgages for the majority of my um, corporate um, life. Enjoyed it. Awesome opportunity there. Um, liked the idea of being able to um, wear five or six different hats. Yeah. I like to stay busy. Um, so I had to make sure that the appraiser did what he did and the title company right. and the client get the closing and that the money is there. So right. enjoyed doing that. Um, and then from there, I went on to work for uh, the Potter's House um, International Ministries underneath um, Bishop Von McLaughlin okay. in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, where I do the accounting for their businesses, not the church side, but the business side. They have two restaurants, a food truck, um, a mall, tenants. So I do all the business side of that. So I'm, I've been in my field when people, a lot of times when you ask people, are you doing what you like to do? Yeah. I can honestly say I'm doing what I like to do ever since third grade. Right. I'm in business. Right. I love it. So uh, speaking of third grade, you mentioned that you moved to four different states. Right. I was born in Georgia. Uh -huh. I'm a Georgia peach. You Georgia can't peach. tell. Okay. I, okay. I, I see you. And I see then you. I went to Michigan, <laughs> uh -huh. um, Tennessee, and now I'm in Florida, Jacksonville. So w were there any challenges associated with uh, moving that many times as a young, younger person? Um, no, because I really don't know a stranger. And I talk to just about anybody. And, and also with my parents teaching me to have my self-confidence. Uh -huh. So even if I didn't have a lot of friends, the friends that I had, I'm still friends with to this, to this day. So talk to me about Fill My Cup Ministries. Okay. How did, did that idea come about? Okay, so listen, I have to tell you about me becoming an author first. Okay. Okay. All right. So um, it was back in, when was it? Uh, 2000. Six. Okay. Um, I was in my closet. I think it was March 18, 2006. I was in my closet, had gone through some things. My uh, grandmother had passed in 2005, um, had a relationship that we had for years, that business relationship that was broken, cousin to get murdered. Just a whole bunch of stuff was going on in my life. Didn't find out that I was in a period of depression um, until one day I just really couldn't move. I was um, in my closet just crying out, asking God, what is it that you want me to be? How can I be utilized? How can my life be used? How can I, you know, get out of the funk that I'm in because of all the pressure that was wow. happening? And I was in my closet and it was just praying and praying and praying. And then I heard laugh. So I was like, I'm in the middle of crying and <laughs> depressed, laugh. But I started laughing and I wrote a poem called I Laugh. And in me writing that poem, I realized the scripture that the joy of the Lord is truly my strength. And I was in the closet, wrote that poem because I can get one or two words and I yeah. can have a page and pages of of poetry. And I called my college professor, Della Daniels read her my poem that I wrote, I laugh. Yeah. And she said, well, see, Lynn, well, she called me Cassandria. She said, Cassandria, when are you going to write your book? And I said, write a book? I never thought about writing a book. My poetry been lying dormant. Uh, she said, no, 
it's not been lying dormant. I said, well, what has it then? She said, you have not been a good steward over the gift that God has given you. And I got convicted. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm writing this book. Wrote a book. Didn't I realize that my book was already written? Poetry was my first book. In okay. spite of life, dot, 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 I laughed. Went to my daughter's closet, getting ready to go out of town. A family folder fell out of my, uh, her closet. Uh-huh. I opened it up. It was poetry I had written back when I was 13, 14 years wow. old. So I don't like when people ask, how long it took you to write your book? Uh, from Saturday to Thursday. Because <laughs> it, it was already there. Was already All I had yeah. to do was say yes. And once I did that, um, got my book published, had a book signing. At this book signing, it was a 12-year-old boy that came in with his grandmother. And um, he was, they, she was buying the book from me. And I asked him, I said, hey, what is it that you want to be in life? He said, a football player. I said, okay, what else you want to do? Football. I said, well, have you ever thought about becoming a teacher? No, ma'am. I said, well, do you like to read? He said, yes, ma'am. I said, well, you can become a teacher and teach other children how to read. And right. he said, Grandma, I can be a football player and a teacher? And she said, yes, son, you can. And he left there excited because right. he had something else that he could be. But right. I was saddened by it because at 12 years old, I was 100 different things every other day. Right. And the only thing that he could see himself becoming was just a football player. And so I, what I did was I said, I want to get in the community because I'm an author, yeah. right? I'm going to give out books. I want to encourage children to read, not knowing. I stay in Jacksonville, Florida. So not knowing at the time that Duval County had one of the lowest literacy rates in the state of Florida. So basically while we saying Duval, other cities are saying can't read. Wow. Right. So we have to all do our part. Teachers can't do everything. So right. I um, want to get into. Um, I remember in Michigan, they used to have um bookmobiles yeah. that come around, you get the book and they come back next week and you rent it out. But I wanted to be able to give the books out. So I started my nonprofit um, called Fill My Cup Ministries, bookmobile. I'm the executive director of that. Um, I made one call to a friend of mine, um, George and Shirley Ship in Memphis, Tennessee. I knew they had just sold their flower business and I needed a vehicle to be able to get into the community. Right. So you can have an idea, but to have people to support your idea and your dreams and your vision is key and it's right. vital. Right. And you have to know what direction that you're going in when you be able to do that. You know what I'm saying? Right. You can have right. a wonderful idea, but what are the steps to get to where you want right. to ultimately end? made that call, told him what I wanted to do. I was so excited because of this 12-year-old boy that couldn't tell me what he wanted to be in life other than a football player. And he actually gave me the vehicle, just told him my idea. He said, get you one flight up here to Memphis, get this vehicle, it's yours. And that's how I got into the community. Every second Saturday, uh, we go into the community giving out books, encouraging children to read. So we promote Amazing. literacy Amazing. and we go into the underserved areas, you know, the places where don't nobody want to go. Right. We right, go there right, and um, right. give out give out the books there and they can get as many books as they want, you know, to read. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty amazing work. You know, that's a passion of, of mine as well is okay. really uh, being in communities that are not, you know, typically on the radar to right. receive resources and being able to go into those communities and institutions, whether colleges, universities and being able mm-hmm. to uh, help rewrite the narrative for those communities. 
So I think that's very uh, noble work you're doing. And I think it's important to yeah. you going to communities where people look like you. Right. Right. And be able to see that it's, it's something bigger and b greater beyond just being here. Right. You know what I right. mean? Right. Like um, poverty doesn't have to be uh, your final destination. Right. You know what I mean? You can you can do it. You can do and be whatever you want to be in life. And that is um, why we have this show, because what we want to do is highlight just that fact that it really doesn't matter where you start. Mm -hmm. What matters is where you, you finish. finish. Right. And, and, and so you can come from all sorts of circumstances mm -hmm. and be successful. I had a guest on another episode and I've been knowing him for years. And I really and he told me that he had 18 siblings. OK. Grew up in a house with wow. 11 of them. OK. Two bedroom house. Oh, wow. 11 siblings and came out of those circumstances to uh, rewrite the narrative of his life. Mm. You know, very successful in the community teaching uh, financial literacy mm. uh, to uh, other people of color. And so I think those uh, type of stories are what, what are going to make a difference uh, here. But I do want to, since you have this pretty blue dress on, I do want to find <laughs> out from you, something happened a long time ago. I think it was January 16th, Yeah. What happened that day that's so special? <laughs> we had five pearls at Howard University to come together and start Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated on January 16th, 1920, which I'm a proud member of. I joined the organization, came from a family of legacy. My uh -huh. father's a Sigma, my mom's a Zeta, my uncle's a Sigma, my aunties, my cousins. We yeah. are a blue and white <laughs> sea of family. Blue and white uh, family. And all of those, basically, uh, all of those, they're entrepreneurs. Yeah. They're entrepreneurs. And so I've always had a strong legacy in front of me to see uh, that I can do it too, you know. Yeah. Now so my, I, my wife is a Zeta as well. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I, she did I, right. Even even though I'm <laughs> even though I'm I'm crimson and cream all oh, the way through and through. Five new I'm pie. Five new pie <laughs> to the day I die. Okay. <laughs> but but uh, you know uh, she's a, she's a Zeta. Her family uh, are all Zetas as well. So oh, it's a, okay. Yeah. And so I understand that you are the president of your local. I am. Chapter, right? So yes. talk to me about that role and what you all are doing in the community. I am. Wow, they got my whole story on me. <laughs> yeah, I actually am the um, chapter president there. I'm also the Area 1 coordinator, okay. um, geographical Area 1 in um, Quincy, Florida. So I handle 13 chapters um, where they come to me. I'm like a liaison between me and the state director for mm -hmm. those 13 chapters. Um, but on the local level, we have a Stork Nest. We have our own Zeta House. And Stork Nest is we're uh, partnership with March of Dimes. Okay. Um, and so we um, get those women who may not have um, all of the um, resources to be able to have a healthy pregnancy. And so we try to give them um, education on that. Um, they take their classes and then we give them um, needs for themselves and for their babies once they finish the courses and any time an emergency comes up. So we have a stork nest. Um, our Zeta house there is used for um, us to be able to have our meetings, any kind of programs that we want to have. Yeah. We have a signature program that's actually coming up. If you're in um, Quincy, Florida, we'd love to have you on May 21st. Okay. Um, it's our scholarship tea where it's called Our Roots Run Deep. Okay. So Our Roots Run Deep, meaning that uh, those residents there have some deep roots in Quincy. So yeah. we like to make sure that we give 
um, back to those students that actually go and finish high school in Quincy, Florida. So we saw him back right. um, into the community. We just had our inaugural masquerade ball where okay. we was raising money for scholarships. Yeah. And um, that, that went off without a hitch. But I love what I do. And I said Quincy, but I told yeah. you I'd stay in Jacksonville, right? right? right. So I um, joined this chapter in 1996. Quincy. When I actually stayed, I actually okay. lived in Quincy for a little okay. bit. Um, I have a really close friend that lives in Quincy. Who? Uh, Maurice Evans. Maurice Evans. He's from Quincy. He's from uh, another small town in the Havana. Nah. Greensboro. Okay, we talk about yeah, that. We'll, yeah, okay, we'll, okay. <laughs> so yeah, I want to we'll find out, out who dinner. that is. Yeah, right. We'll figure okay. out at dinner. Yeah. So um, this chapter, when I joined it in 1996, were full of women that were givers that wasn't in, wasn't all that bickering and and you know trifling stuff yeah. and so it was a very loving chapter that I never wanted to leave so when we me and my husband decided to move to Jacksonville I was like I I like my you know when you right. find a family you want right. to stay there with, stay with there. that family right. and um, I stayed. I never moved my membership. Um, I have 31 years of uninterrupted service serving um, in my organization. And I make a trip. Um, we have meetings every second Tuesday. Yeah. I, I, you have to plan for it. You know, proper planning prevents what? Poor performance, right? right? So when I took on the role of being president, I had to make sure that I was able to fulfill that role. And then right. what was my goals um, within that role, what I wanted to do. Right. So um, I actually travel from Quincy, I mean, from Jacksonville to Quincy, doing community service with them, yeah. having my meetings with them. You know, you have to be present. Yeah. So I love, I love, love, love. It's the thriving, tenacious Tarzada chapter <laughs> of Quincy, Florida. Well, look, you know, uh, I tell people this all the time. Uh, some of my best friends are members of other fraternities. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, we love all, this, all of the Greeks. Yeah. And so it's, um, you know, it's a meaningful, uh, fulfilling organization. It's to, synergy. We yeah, all have, we all are right. doing the same thing, but in different areas. Right. And um, I know some, sometimes I've run into people where they are discouraged because somebody else may have the same idea. And I have to remind them that the book of Ecclesiastes tell you that there's no new thing underneath the sun. Right. The people that God would have you to reach, you will reach them as long as you're doing what he have you to do. Right. So I shouldn't, it shouldn't be any crap mentality, right? Right, that's so right. So whatever, if we have the same idea, you may reach the people where you're from, you know? That's right. And I that's can reach right. the people where I'm from, and then we all come together. It's synergy. That's how the world keeps going around and around when we work together, when, you, when people have a realization right. that we need each other to be right. able to move things forward. So talk to me about your family. How important is family uh, just in your life and, and business? Family is very, very, very important to me. Um, my parents have been married for, I think it'll be 52 years this year. And um, they have always been encouraging to me. My dad, my mom are some of my biggest supporters. Um, so family structure I have always had. Um, my dad always made sure we did trips have round table discussions, you know, right. different things, um, museums, going different places, and just knowing that when you have a good support system, because sometimes, you know, life happens, right? Right, that's right. And you need a good support system to get you back on track right. after life happens. Correct. And so that's very, very important. Even when I wrote my um, first book, um, 
I wanted to have my family and my friends there at my book signing first before I yeah. introduced it to the world. Right. And I had over seven states represented. They, people came from everywhere. Because back in um, 2006, um, self-published writing wasn't popular. Yeah. It was very, very expensive. And then when your family and friends see that that happens and, they, and I look like them, yeah. they supported it, you right. know, and it made all the difference, you know. Right. So having the support system there is necessary. My um, husband, I tell people all the time, too, when they're married, I said, you have to know who you're sleeping with. A lot of times you have marriages and you don't have you don't you're not able to walk in your own individuality and still right. be right. married. You know, some marriages are set up that way. Right. If you know who you're sleeping with, you have a respect for right. that person's right. dreams, visions and goals. And I know who I'm sleeping with. My husband supports me. I support him. And it works. Right. It works. Right. So it, I'm able to travel here to Peoria without any problems because I'm fulfilling a purpose and an opportunity. But if I didn't have the support of my husband, that would be something difficult right. to do. Right. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. so um, I think that's very key and very important that when you're in relationships that you have to not lose yourself. Right. In that relationship. Right. But make sure that you have a partner that will support you right. when it's good, when it's bad and when it's ugly. That's you right. have to have that support, you know, so very important. Family support. Got to have it. Right. Absolutely. I want to know from you um, if you were given advice to um, young men and young women mm -hmm. who are about to embark upon life and, and try to find themselves, whether it's through entrepreneurship or mm -hmm. through uh, traditional career opportunities. What advice would you give, would you give them? Um, I have to first would tell them they have to believe in themselves. Right. It's the most important thing. They have to know who they are, what they're called and what their purpose to do. Um, because if you don't know that, you have people in, in your ear here and there and they'll get you off track and you right. wind up doing something that you do, right. really don't want to do right. because somebody said that right. that's better. That's right. So you have to believe in yourself, have a vision, write it down. Make it plain and continue to have um, different elements to add to that so you can continue right. to grow. You know, I went to a uh, black enterprise entrepreneur conference and they said the best money is the one that you make when you sleep. Right. Like, how do you get to that point to be able to make that kind of money while you money making while you snoring? That's right. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So you got to have a plan. You can't just get out there and see somebody's doing something great and want to do it. You got to make sure that that's what it, you're supposed to do. Absolutely. I tell people that all the time. They they look at you mm -hmm. and they see uh, what they perceive to be success and they just naturally want to do what you do without knowing, knowing. Mm -hmm. anything about it. Mm -hmm. The sacrifices you have to make, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. the, the things you have to deal with. And then, you know, you can't be successful if you don't if you're not passionate about it. Right. You got to put know, the time in. You have to put the time in. And you have to be passionate about it and you have to be committed to it. So it has to be something you really you really want to do. Right. Yeah. And you have to be on point. You right. know, you have when opportunity avails itself, you have to be prepared the all the time, all the time, all the time. You know, and that's a love for whatever it is that you want to do. If you love what you do, you'll make it happen. You make it happen. You know what I mean? I have been in situations where it, I've had roadblocks here. I create a path. Right. I ain't scared. That's right. I'm not scared to fail. 
because I know if I keep at it, I will succeed, you know? And I think having mentors in your life, like even with me, um, with my poetry, um, I, I, I always say that she was my um, mentor. That's Dr. Maya Angelou. I always call her my mentor. She don't know who I am. <laughs> but I, I studied her. Yeah. And um, I saw some mistakes that she made. So right. I tried to avoid that. I actually wrote an essay, not because I had a teacher tell me I wrote an essay, because I wanted to make sure that I was successful in the things that I do within poetry and within writing. Right. So I, I studied her. You know, and when I wrote, let me tell you what I did. I wrote my first book. I sent it to her, had a friend um, that knew her address there in Wake Forest, and mm -hmm. I sent her my book, um, asked her, I sent her her book, that she, that she, one of the books that she wrote, and I asked her if she wouldn't mind um, autographing it for me. So I mailed it off to her. I didn't know if I was going to hear from her or not, right? right? So two weeks later, I got in the mail, her book signed, and it said, um, Cassandra Lynn Thomas. Wow. Continue, she called me poet. She said, poet, continue to write, I end joy. And I said, okay, so when my joy stops, stop writing. Because a lot of times when you are angry, you say things and do things that you can't take back. Right, and I want to jump in there and say this. Sometimes when you come from a certain situation, mm -hmm. you have to find someone that you can't touch to mimic because it may not be in your environment. Right. And with that being said, we're out of time. Oh. But I thank you so much <laughs> for being on the show thank and taking you. time out your very busy schedule to be here with us. To my viewers, thank you for watching another episode of Self Made with D Brown CEO. And remember, without you, there's no me.